Hello, everyone. I'm so glad you're here with us today. We have a really important topic. I'm sure you saw the title. We decided to call it Be Nice. Let's Talk About Bullying. This is a subject that Erica and I have wanted to address for a long time, but it's really intimidating. We didn't feel like we had the know-how to really give this topic justice by ourselves. So we got really lucky by being contacted by this amazing woman named Ashley Romney. She actually speaks on this subject a lot for a school district in Utah, and she had so many great insights and tips on how to deal with bullying. There are so many good words of wisdom in this episode that really will help you think about the boundaries you want to set on how you let people treat you, but also really digging deep into thinking about how we're treating other people. Another thing that I really loved that we focused on was understanding the root problem behind why some people are bullying and just being able to really control our thoughts about what we want to believe about what the bully is saying. So there is some really awesome stuff ahead in this episode. We hope you enjoy it. We thought about stalling and waiting to release it right before school started, but I really thought it was important that you guys have a chance to like soak it in and think about how you want to handle the school year ahead of you. So without further ado, we have episode number 37, Be Nice, Let's Talk About Bullying. Hi there, and welcome to Becoming, a podcast for teens and young adults, where together we are becoming more than we are and who we were always meant to be. Each episode will feature different topics to enhance your growth, help you see the world differently, and discover who you really want to become. We are your hosts, Tani Beardall and Erica Peterson. We will be interviewing guests with unique experiences and experts in different fields to help us get the most out of each episode. Thanks everyone for joining us today. We have Ashley Romney with Power of One Girl joining us today. Ashley, welcome to Becoming. Hi, thank you so, so much for having me. Love what you're all about. Well, we love what you're all about. We connected quite a while ago and it's been really fun kind of watching some of the things that you're doing. We have very similar messages trying to empower teens. So tell me a little bit about Power of One Girl, how that started, what your purpose is in having that platform? Yeah, so back in 2012, I was just kind of like figuring out my life. Um, I had competed in pageants and I hadn't won and I was just really discouraged. And I just wanted a place that I could go where I could empower people. And the name came to me, the power of one girl, totally by Heavenly Father. Like that was totally him. But I didn't do much with it until 2015 when I started struggling a lot with anxiety and depression and Heavenly Father tutored me, teaching me that I had power over my own life. And I honestly didn't realize that. I'm like, where are these emotions coming from? Like, why is he giving me such sadness and sorrow? And I didn't realize that I had power over that. Yeah. So I think a lot of teens nowadays don't realize that they have power either. So my purpose is to really help them take power over their lives and in all aspects, right? Spiritual, physical, mental, social, just in every area of their lives. It has been super influential for me to watch you. 
I feel like so much of our passion like aligns with each other. I just want to like raise my hands in the air and fist pump. I'm so happy about what you're doing and having more positive influences for teens. So thank you so much for all you do. You're just a force for good and it's a beautiful thing to see. Oh, I so appreciate that. I love your story bubbles. You guys need to go on and find her on Instagram. She has so many really influential story bubbles that are super motivating. And I feel like we kind of get each other. And to me, it seems like you're trying to reach out and give these teens what you wish you had. Absolutely. That's what I'm doing. (laughs) That's like the premise of everything we do. And when we're brainstorming for the next episode, it's like, what do we wish we had? What would have influenced us the greatest? And I see you doing the same thing. And it just... I love it. I love what you're doing. It's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So you have done speaking engagements in the past. Um, I've seen you do assemblies in different speaking opportunities. And how did that come about for you? Yeah. So I started speaking to young women groups um, after I had lost nine pageants. And I was just really discouraged. And I started to find hope and faith and um, just beauty out of the whole thing through Christ and the atonement. And so I'm like, oh, girls need this. Girls get down and discouraged and things don't work out. And it's probably not a pageant, but it's relatable, right? And yeah. so I started speaking to young women groups. And then I was able to get into a job with a school district here locally. And so I was able to do assemblies every single day, like, two to five assemblies a day. And it was just so amazing. And I was grateful that I had the opportunity to speak to lots of kids, lots of teens. Like, it's so needed. How wonderful. You have that ability to do this work on a daily basis. Do you still work for the school district? I do, yeah. Just summer break right now. And during the summer, I actually have quite a few girls' camps signed up for me to come speak to them. The main topic I speak on is the parable of the crown. And so I'm excited for those ones. I haven't heard of that. What is the parable of the crown? Okay, so the parable of the crown is actually a parable that I created after I had lost um, winning and seeking for that crown for so long. And I finally realized that I needed a different crown. I needed Christ's crown that he gives each one of us. Oh, wow. That is so beautiful. I love that. That's really going to be amazing for all those girls who get to hear from you and be able to grow from what you experience and it's so needed absolutely so why do you feel passionate about bullying is there specific experiences that you've had or things you've seen as you've been in these schools really teaching these concepts yeah so I personally have been affected by bullying um and that was really hard and definitely took a toll on my self-esteem but I felt like for some reason, I was super blessed and able to overcome that with a lot of resilience very easily. But being in these schools, kids are just so unkind to one another. And we'll talk about this in a minute, but it's really creating a bullying cycle. And we need to get out of the cycle and break the cycle. And I love teaching them how to do that so that it doesn't keep happening over and over where you feel stuck in that. Okay, so what causes the bullying to start? <laughs> Okay, so the bullying is caused by usually jealousy, right? It's usually that you feel insecure in some way, that you don't have 100% confidence in yourself, and so you're trying to put someone down, and it's creating this perception of an imbalance of power. 
So a lot of bullying experts say that there's an imbalance of power when bullying is happening, but really it's a perception of it because we're all equal. We all have so much worth and no one's greater than another person. And we can dive into that in a little bit. But once we start looking at it that way, we have no need to put other people down. It's true. It's just this weird innate thing that human beings have to like think that we need to have the scorecard and see where we line up against other people. It really is sad thing that we do and it's not necessary. Like we all do have the exact same individual worth as you were saying. But why is that so natural for us to want to just like think we're a little better? It just makes us feel better for some reason. Yeah, all of us. All of us do it, right? I don't think there's anyone that's exempt to some degree. But then some people take it really far. And instead of just having this internal comparing, it gets into bullying. What do you think the big difference is in when it goes external and they start treating people wrong? I think that it's just an even bigger conflict with really understanding that we're all equal. So I pose a question when I go talk to the students and I ask their opinion. I say, who has more work? Is it Donald Trump, our president? Or is it the man under the bridge with the sign begging for money? Mm. And at first they'll start a little battle of like, who has more worth? And it's Donald Trump because he's working more and doing more. And then finally, there's always one person in the class that fully gets it. And they say, well, they're humans. They're both humans. And of course they're equal. It doesn't matter what they're doing, what they're not doing, what they look like, what they don't look like, how much money they have, what their status is, their popularity. Like none of that matters because Christ was willing to die for all of us, right? Every single one of us. That's a neat discussion. I feel like that's definitely thought provoking. I love that you help them get there on their own. For me, looking at like the worth of people when you get down to like, it's about really trying to see people differently than like on the surface. So, you know, understanding people's stories and stuff. I think that that's a big key to helping stop that cycle and realizing why that's going on. Oh, totally. So I love to use the example of an iceberg. You can only see 10% of the iceberg, right? That very tip. And usually when we're walking around, um, whether it is at church or it is at school or just in general, usually we only know that 10% of what we see, you know, a little bit of their personality and we know what they look like, right? But once we dig down to that 90% that's hidden, we can actually start to have more empathy for people. So I make sure to drill this point that Hitler, there's no excuse for his behavior. However, a lot of people don't realize that he was treated so rotten and so poorly by his father, abused physically, mentally, like in so many ways. And it breaks my heart when I actually talk about that in schools, because I know that many of those kids have been through very similar things. And so it's not an excuse for Hitler's behavior, but at least we can actually understand how he got to that point And it wasn't just out of nowhere. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely hurt people, hurt people. And it's important that we, that we use the power of the atonement to be able to heal our hearts so that we can then heal our homes and heal our friends and just heal anyone that we associate with rather than hurting them. How true is that? If you could get to know anyone really deeply personally, I think we would love every single person. 
we would be able to see their story and understand like what drives them. And, you know, with kids at school, I really think there's a lot of underlying issues of why someone does bully and is purposely hurtful to other people. And I almost guarantee there's something going on deep in them that's causing that. Whether, you know, they have really severe trials at home or a lot of bullies were bullied, right? It's just, like you said, this cycle that's really hard to break. But I recently took a parenting class and she talked about how there's like two things that every human being really, really has to have in order to feel fulfilled and happy. And one is a sense of belonging and the other is a sense of control. And if they are not feeling those, those feelings at home, no one's giving them that love and that acceptance and that sense of control in their life. I think when they're at school, it's just this need that they're having and they're projecting that on other people. When if we could just really see that for what it is, um, but when it's you getting bullied, it's hard to have your eyes open to the backstory of someone else that's being mean to you. It's hard, but at the same time, I feel like it makes the situation easier where we know that they didn't say something just to offend us because that really is truth about us, but it actually came from a deeper place. And really, it's them kind of shining what they might feel about themselves. So if they were to say to someone like, you're super ugly, perhaps a parent is telling them this at home. And so they're now believing that about themselves. And so they, like you said, want to project it onto the other person. That has nothing to do with that person that's getting told that. So I think it actually gives us more empathy and it just makes the situation easier where we can then be kind to them, knowing that it's not really about us. I want to ask maybe to have you help us kind of be aware of what really should be considered bullying. I think the term bullying is really broad. And I think sometimes we forget like what that really means, what bullying is. So what kind of things do we need to look out for so that you may see somebody who's like a classic bully, but I think bullying happens on much smaller levels a lot in, you know, from very young ages. So what, what kind of things do we need to look out for as teens and as young people? And even, you know, as we get older, what kind of things are defined as bullying? Yeah. So I love that question because I think a lot of people put the physical aspect into bullying and I don't believe that's bullying. I believe that that's assault battery that needs to be punished in a different way. But bullying, in my opinion, is those words that are really hurting us or cutting us deep that trigger us. And yet we always have power over that. We have power to put power into those words. And if we're going to choose to believe it, or we can be like, okay, and take a step back and rise up and be resilient over it. That's so hard, though. I've watched so many kids switch schools because they're being bullied and there's a big part of me that's like, oh, like stick with it. And then there's another part of me that's like, oh man, like after a while, yeah, maybe that's the right answer. That's so hard to be resilient, especially some of these grade school kids I've watched change schools because they just continue and continue to have the same behavior happen to them. And so like, what can you do to be an example to those around you that you're seeing that happening and what can you do like for yourself? Because 
I don't think I'm a mean person. All my life I've tried to be a good friend, but like I have seen bullying in myself now that I'm older because I was a dumb kid who was trying to be cool. You know, I've seen those things and I've tried to be kind and I've tried to, you know, make good choices and be a good example in bad situations. But then there's been times when I've wished I would have done more. So, you know, what can we do if that's happening to us? What can we do if we're seeing it and what can we do if we're realizing that we're a part of it? What can we do to switch that? Oh, that's so, so good. Okay. That's a three part question. (laughs) When we think about ourselves, I love the newer Cinderella, the one from 2015 in there. I just feel like she is such a Christ figure because she's getting bullied by her stepsisters, her stepmom. She's taking the grunt of it, like to a point where it finally breaks her down but yet it broke her down for a second. And then she's able to rise back up and still be so kind and forgiving to them. And in the end, she's totally able to forgive them. And to me, that's what resilience is. Did she still have pain in her heart? Absolutely. But what I also love is that she looked to the light, right? And so that could be um, her very godmother, which was that could be Jesus Christ, like coming to rescue us, coming to turn our ashes into something beautiful. But if you watch it, you will see the pattern. She completely follows the patterns of her father. Her father would say, oh, that must be so hard for you when a person had to say that his wife had died. And then you'll watch and she says those exact same words when the guy comes and tells her that her father had to pass on. So she's completely living, knowing whose she is. She knows who her father is. And I think that's what we need to focus on more is is knowing who our father is, which is Heavenly Father. And he doesn't want bad things to happen to us. And we go through trials to grow, to overcome. So it's important to be overcomers. As far as those that see bullying happen, I would strongly encourage them to get involved. So they're known as bystanders and bystanders can be turned into upstanders, which means they're willing to stand up for that person. You never, ever, ever want to just sit there and watch because that's what the bully wants as an audience. That's making him or her more popular because they're like, Oh, I have an audience. Like people actually are enjoying this. I'm putting on a show. So never just stand there and watch. If you're going to stand there, stand there and support the person that the mean things are being said to. And if it's online, definitely make a comment like, hey, I don't agree with this. This person truly is amazing. Like, yeah. And even if they're not best friends with them, you, you can still give a compliment. I think that's what those that are being bullied really need is more compliments to kind of counteract and, and create a balance with all that negativity being said. I think that the key there is like not turning yourself into a bully to the bully too, because they're being mean. A lot of times you kind of feel like, well, I'll just like hurt them to get them to stop. Like be like, you're being mean, you're a jerk, whatever. Like instead standing up for the person and their qualities, complimenting them, like being a loyal person to that human being, even if you don't know them, you can still be that barrier for them and just standing with them, even if you end up getting hurt too in the process. Yes, that's my biggest belief. That's what I was talking about with that bullying cycle is someone's mean. And so then you're like, ooh, I'm going to be mean back. And then it gets bigger and bigger and pretty soon it's out of hand. But 
what I love to do is if someone says something unkind to me, maybe I took offense to it. I say, I actually admit, I'm like, oh, that actually really hurt. Are you, are you having a bad day? Is that why that came out of your mouth? Because I'm usually not used to you saying unkind things like that. And then it puts them in a place where they have to reflect, wow, like she actually felt hurt by that. And she's vulnerable enough to admit that. I don't want to do that anymore. I love that idea. It's scary, but it's a good It is scary. I know that I was the world's biggest bystander. I was afraid. I was afraid that if I stood up, the bully would next be mean to me. And I just let it happen. That's something I highly regret. But what I'm thinking right now is if we can just decide beforehand, because when you're in the situation, it feels too scary. But if you decide right now, when this happens next and I'm there and I'm present, I am not going to stand for it. Decide that you are that upstander and you're going to be the one that says, oh, I think you're misunderstanding her. She's an incredible person. And like Erica said, you don't have to go after the bully, but let's just boy up that person that's not being treated kindly. Absolutely. So my hardest thing is when someone's getting beaten down day after day, like you said, at school, and it's even to the point where they're like, I don't even want to go to school anymore. How can you just say that's their problem, not mine? How do you not internalize and believe what they're saying? You know, as soon as I, I remember this, I don't even know if I should say this. I remember a friend making fun of me because I peed really loud. <laughs> and she, I overheard her telling someone, oh my gosh, Tawny pees so loud. And I was mortified. And that really, I know it sounds silly, but I was terrified to pee in front of anyone for years. Oh my gosh, yes. Isn't that one comment? <laughs> like weird things like that. One comment can all of a sudden make you so self-conscious. How can you control your thoughts to not let that consume you and start believing it? Like, even though, I don't know, that not that great of an example, but it just shows that words have meaning to people. Words hurt. How can we teach the teens listening to not let those comments affect them? Okay, this is such a hard question because words really do hurt. Um, have you ever heard of the rice experiment before? No. Okay, so you cook rice, you put it in two different jars, you can label one jar love and one jar hate, and then you put them in different places in your house for a whole month. And to the love jar, every time you walk by it, you'll just say loving words to it like, oh, you look so delicious, I can't wait to eat you, you're amazing, I'm so glad that you're my food, like, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then to the hate one, you just say a lot of hateful things like you're disgusting, you're growing mold, you're ugly, you're filthy, who would ever want? And after a month, you will see that the love jar still looks edible. I would not encourage you to eat it, but it still <laughs> looks edible. But the hate one has grown mold all over it. And there's Crazy. videos on YouTube, like you can go look it up, you can do it for yourself. Wow. It's the energy of words that really do have power. But then once those, the power sets in us, we need to find a way to get it out. So one of my favorite techniques is to write and burn. So I'll write down everything that happened, how angry I am about it, just all my negativity. And then I love to go burn it. And I love to imagine that Christ is taking it and he's turning all of those burnt ashes 
into something beautiful because in the scriptures were promised that good can come out of any hard trial that we've been through. And so hopefully teens can remember that when unkind things are said, even though it's not what Heavenly Father would have for us, really the things in our lives are happening for us and not to us because now we're leveling up, right? We're becoming stronger and better and able to help other people as well. Like you probably now have empathy if someone else were to pee really loud. (laughs) More empathy of like, oh, I'm so sorry that someone said that about you. I know how that feels. And now you can reach your hand down and help them up. It's so true. It really is. I guess I still, I'm wondering, like, I loved your example of when you have something said to you, I feel like that's in the beginning stages. If somebody says something hurtful to you to be able to stand and be like, Hey, like that hurt my feelings. Is there a reason why you're saying this? Are you having an okay day? I think that's a really great thing to say in the starting stages, but what do those people who are constantly being targeted, picked on, singled out day in and day out, how do they like make a stand now that they've been put into such a small position and start to make themselves be able to be bigger because I think there are a lot of times when somebody who's in that small position makes a move and then the person who has been doing the bullying is typically good at using words to hurt and will use your defense against you and will make you look even weaker by standing up. So if you cry, they make fun of you for crying. What words could you give somebody in that position to like start, it may not work the first time, but like stick to trying until you, I don't know whether that's to walk away. I don't know whether that's to get an adult involved. Like what would you suggest to somebody who's like in the thick of it? Gosh, it makes me like want to cry for those people. Like I know some kids who are dealing with that right this second, like they're in the thick of it. What can they do to stand up for themselves right this second and every day so that they can start gaining back control because they've lost a lot of it by just sitting there and not knowing what to say. How do you help them? Yeah, such a good question. My heart aches for them too so much. There's a few things that I think of and you named a few too, right? So one, definitely get an adult involved, whether it's your counselor, your teacher, a friend, a parent, just find someone that you can talk to about it. Um, There's apps for that. Like I know here in Utah, we have a safe Utah app. So you report anything that you see, anything that's happening to you, and it's completely anonymous. I'm actually not sure if there's other apps that are not for Utah, but that's a huge one is to be able to speak your voice by being completely anonymous to it. One of my favorite techniques is to use positive affirmations on my own. And so if I'm feeling maybe worthless after a day of bullying, I come home and I actually say truth or what I want to believe, even if I don't believe it yet. Once those voices start going in your mind, you start to feel like you have more power over the situation and then you'll act in a different way. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's simple. And I think it's a process and it takes time. But I just really want to empower teens to not go into that victim mentality of, oh, everyone always picks on me. I'm just the worst person on earth. Because that's not true. That's just a limiting belief that they have. And I want these teens to have resilience, knowing that they are truly an overcomer. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. And something I see when my daughters come home, like say I did their hair in a new way and a girl said it was ugly because this has happened. And she comes home so upset and wants to take it out immediately. And I just stop and say, do you think it looks ugly? Like, look in the mirror. And she's like, no. Like, just because someone said something doesn't mean it's truth. And if we can just stop, like, immediately after someone says that and say, is this true? And you can internalize that instantly and say, this is not true. This is something that they're dealing with. And I don't believe that about myself. And you can stop the thought right there and not let it affect you anymore. You really can. And I speak to youth groups often about this as well. And I talk about like picture the most loving, amazing, incredible person in your life. It's just the kindest, most thoughtful, loving person. And, you know, let's just say it's your grandma or something. And if someone else came up and told you like, oh, I just don't like her. She's just the worst. She's so hard to be around. And you're like, what? It wouldn't change your opinion about your grandma. No matter what anyone said to me, you could not make me think ill of my grandma by anything that you could verbalize. You need to have that same feeling about yourself. You need to have that same love and admiration for yourself. So no matter what anybody says to you, you don't let it affect you. It's not truth just because someone's voicing it. I think that would just be so empowering to do that in the moment and to not let it affect your day. I know it's hurtful, but it's not true just because someone else voiced it to you. So well said. I love that. So, so well said. We talked about doing positive affirmations a couple of episodes ago um, about confidence. I like the idea, too, of having some neutral ones. So if you're not ready to go to, like, I'm a beautiful woman, I'm a beautiful girl, you can just say, I'm a girl, and not say, I'm an ugly girl, you know? Like, go to a neutral, because that's still a positive. I really like that process of being able to just speak neutrals to yourself if you're feeling really negatively about yourself. Just go with that to start, so... So good. So true. So it is so important that as you keep giving love more and more and more, pretty soon your heart has more room to actually receive the love because it's hard to give love if we don't fill up, right? Yeah. It's kind of like that bucket theory that you've heard since elementary school where you want people to fill your bucket, but yet you need to be able to give some of that away or there's never going to be enough to be able to get more love and more love. So you constantly need to balance it, right? Where you're giving tons of love away and you're just being kind and loving to someone because you will never, ever, ever regret being kind to someone. And there's a difference between being kind and being that nice girl that totally gives into whatever the guy wants, right? But to be kind means that you show respect for yourself and for others. And you will never regret that because I truly believe in karma. In Alma 41.15, it says karma. Like, doesn't say the word, but if you read it, you'll totally get the definition. And so if we give more love away, more love, more blessings, more just awesomeness is going to come our way as well. That is awesome. I wonder if we should read it. Okay, so Alma 41.15 reads, For that which you do send out shall return unto you again and be restored. That's just so amazing. If you send negativity out, then of course it's going to find its way back to you. But if you're just sending pure love, the love of Christ out, oh my goodness, you're going to be filled with that every single day. And then you're going to be able to give more and help more and serve more. You're going to be happy all the time. Yeah. 
What an important thing to remember. It's hard to see the difference between nice and kind, but I've just been learning this myself. That then I thought, wow, like there is a difference between being nice and being kind. And I think the Savior was kind, but he wasn't always nice. He was strong and he was kind, but he wasn't always placating to everyone's wishes. He was strong in what he felt was needing to be said. And I think that if we can watch his example, then we can learn kindness. So thank you so much for sharing that. I love that you use that example of the Savior, though, because I think of the story of him at the temple, right? He got a little angry. It was a little out of character of what we were used to, but it was still Christ-like because he is Christ, right? And so he took those boundaries and he was kind standing up for the beliefs that he had, the beliefs that he knew he needed to do for his father. And that's what we need to do. That's totally what we need to do. And we need to have boundaries around how we will allow people to treat us as well as how we want to treat other people. That's kind of what I want our listeners to go away with right now is realizing that how other people treat you has no effect on your worth. And you are amazing and wonderful and perfect just the way you are, no matter what anyone's opinion about you is. But if we could really learn to have that resilience and the ability to focus our thoughts on the positive things about ourselves, regardless of other comments, I think that's where real joy can be found, even in the hardest of situations. I would just love us all to be really aware of how we're treating other people as well as how we're treating ourselves when we do get those negative comments. Yeah, absolutely. Ashley, thank you so much for taking the time to talk about the subject today. It's so important. I feel like you gave a lot of really great advice on how to break this continuous bullying cycle. So thank you for your wisdom today. We really appreciate you talking about this. Oh, absolutely. It was an honor to be on this podcast. Thank you. Well, before we let you off the hook, I do have one more question for you. If you could go back and give your high school self one piece of advice, what would it be? It would definitely be to be more outgoing. I was the shy girl that was constantly paranoid about what other people thought. And I thought that I needed a place small and quiet. And I so wished that I would have joined teams and just gotten involved in groups more and really made friends rather than waiting for them to come to me. That is awesome. Hearing you give that advice to yourself, I'm really surprised because I see you be the complete opposite right now. You really are taking a stand and you're a force for good. And I feel like you're not just letting life happen to you right now. You're really connected to your mission and you're doing such beautiful things. So I think you've overcome that and that's got to feel so good. Oh, thank you so, so much. I hope that I give hope to if a girl does feel shy or quiet, that it can totally be overcome. It's work and it's actually just putting yourself out there, but you can so do it. So never be afraid to go after your goals and your dreams. Beautiful. Awesome. Beautiful. Thank you, Ashley. We love having you on the podcast. Thank you again for joining us. If our listeners want to find you, where can they find you at, Ashley? Yeah, so they can follow me on Instagram at Power of One Girl and on Facebook too. And my blog is right now under construction and it will be up soon. And that's thepowerofonegirl.org. 
Well, you are doing so much good. I can't wait to continue to watch you trailblaze your mission and touch people's lives. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. If you are enjoying this podcast and finding value in it, we want to ask for your help. We don't always want to ask for reviews and ratings, but reviews on the podcast app are what help other teens to find us. We want to spread light and love and create the space for as many of you as we can. If you can take just a moment to give us a rating and a review right now, that would mean the world to us. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you next time on Becoming. Becoming.